0: Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to another episode of the Parish the Thought Show. Mark Twain said a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. The story you're about to hear is one of the reasons this phrase exists. You may think you know what happened in the tragic shooting of Breonna Taylor back in March of 2020 in Louisville, Kentucky, but no one knows the real story better than the lead officer on scene, Sergeant John Mattingly. Sadly, the truth has been buried by the local and national media, elected officials, Hollywood stars and professional athletes, and the consequences have been devastating until now. We talk about John's book, 12 Seconds in the Dark, a police officer's first-hand account of the Breonna Taylor raid. He explains the minute-by-minute events of that fatal night and the subsequent fallout to his family. Thank you, John, for coming on. It's a it's an honor having you on. I feel like a, a little fanboy almost, a uh, <sighs> celebrity crush after hearing about the story and reading your book and hearing about you, so uh, so I appreciate you you fitting me in today, so...
1: Well, Brian, appreciate you having me, man. Uh, anytime we can get the truth out, that's that's what it's about.
0: You know, that's a funny statement anymore because you hear it and people say, well, that's true to this person and this is true to that person and everybody's personal truth. And it's like, w- what does it even mean anymore? And I mean, I know what you mean, but we're in such a yeah. con- convoluted world right now that it's, it's not. Well, I get
1: it. When, when, the, uh, when I had my, my interview with Strahan on, for 2020, Good Morning America, his big thing was, well, I just don't feel that. I feel this way. I feel this is happening. I was like, Michael, it don't matter what you feel, man. The truth is the only thing that matters, and that's the problem. Everybody's gotten into this emotional. Well, I feel this way, therefore, for me, it's quote my truth. That's what he kept saying, my truth. I'm like, my truth don't matter. Your truth don't matter. The truth is the only thing that that is consistent and that matters. And uh, if we just base everything off that hard line, then life would be a lot easier. But instead, everybody's emotions get flared up and and for whatever reason, they put the blinders on and can't see the truth.
0: No, yeah. And I know you're listening to your, you talk about that interview and you said that it was a three hour interview and they used five minutes of actual content. Right. Yep. That's just disturbing on six, six different levels, but it, it, it's not surprising. <laughs> and I'm sad because I, uh, you know, I remember the days when you turn on the news, you know, I mean, I'm just I'm a couple years older than you. You turn on the news and you trusted it. Yeah and it was actually trustworthy, I think. Right. And it's just, it's, and it's not the same anymore. It's disturbing.
1: Well, well you know, that's, that's funny. You say that because when, when this first went down, my, my daughters, you know, one's 26 now, one's 24. They were it's three years ago. So 23 and 21 at the time, um, they had some friends reaching out saying stuff to them online that they went to school with, they thought were their true friends and, and they were disturbed by it and they were mad. And I said, ho, ho, pump the brakes. I said, wait a minute. We are raised to believe that that the news is going to tell you the truth. What you just said, we, your kids think that we thought it growing up. Oh well, if we go, if we want to know the truth, you turn on the nightly news and you find out what's going on during the day. And when we had just a one sided narrative pushing, 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 all these mistruths, on purpose lies. Some of it was just ignorance. Um, but when that's getting put out, and there's nobody pushing back on your behalf, saying, "Wait a minute, hold on." That's not true. Or that's not totally true. You took one little piece of truth and twisted it to, to your narrative. And we had gag orders on us, so we couldn't do it. And our city and our, our department refused to do it for whatever political reasons. And um, and so I told them, I said, just wait. Let Once the truth comes out, if they change their mind, then or if they don't change their mind, more importantly, and they're still saying all this stuff, then you can, you know, befriend, defriend them. I said, other than that, give them the benefit of the doubt because if I were on the outside looking in, and all I heard for years was this narrative, and nobody ever pushed back against it, the city paid out this big amount of money, they fired all the officers, they did all these things. I would sit back and go, eh, something's wrong with that. You know, something's up. They screwed up somewhere. Um, so, so I, I get that side of it. I'm not, I'm not naive to that.
0: It, it doesn't, it doesn't look good. Whenever there's a payout, yeah. it doesn't look good. It looks like, oh, it's, it's hush money.
1: Almost especially before the criminal trial even took place. Yeah. I mean, that's unprecedented. It's just, yeah. but you saw it in 2020, you saw it with George Floyd, you saw it in our case. Uh, now the uh, Ahmaud Aubrey thing they had, those guys don't have money to go after. So, you know, Ben Crump was there just for publicity sake. But, um, but the fact of the matter is anytime that, that he would show up, Ben Crump, show up and cause a stir and, and throw out all these crazy lies. I mean, he's the one that started, we had the wrong house and she was in bed asleep and the guy was already in custody hours before that we were, quote, looking for, which we weren't looking for him. We were there to serve a search warrant for property, for evidence. We knew where he was. They had a tracker and ping on his phone. He was not arrested at the time. Everything was done simultaneously. So that was just another distortion and total fabrication of what happened that night. And he's got the prominence you know, on the stage. And in 2020, we had all these emotions going between those three huge cases that kind of culminated and came to a head. And on top of that, you've got an election cycle happening. It was just chaos, man. It was the perfect storm. Perfect storm to destroy people's lives, right? Uh, you know these these
0: these. Yeah, you know, it's like the movies. It doesn't even when I'm reading your book, it doesn't even seem real. No, the, the amount of deceit and the crap that you dealt with. So maybe just just for the listeners' sake, if for those who maybe haven't read your. Book at this point, just summarize, you know, why you wrote it. This just a general kind
1: of high-level view of the story for, for those that may not know. All right. So the main reason for the writing, you know, everybody gets her and goes, Oh man, you're profiting off a, of a, a death of, of an individual. But that's not the case. You know, the book isn't about Brianna Taylor, it's not slamming her. This mm-hmm. is and, and and let me tell you, unless you're somebody famous, you don't get rich off writing books. Yep. <laughs> you make pennies. I'm just saying. Um, but uh, so getting the truth out, that's, that's the entire premise of this. And it's not for me, our case is over. It's too late. This is for the next guy and the next guy coming down the pike. Cause these things aren't going away. Uh, there's always going to be this racial narrative and this, this push of, uh, the police are the bad guys. So the whole goal in the book is to give people the facts saying, Hey, pump the brakes. Wait a minute. When you hear these big stories, let's get to the, to the meat of this thing and see what we can find out because once you see the truth and once that onion layers start getting peeled back, Hopefully, you'll see that, ah, there's more to it than just this is a storyline. You'll start seeing there's political games being played. There's people's lives being screwed up because of all these lies. Um, people irre- irreparably hurt that that can't recover from it. And so um, I wrote the book just for that reason, to say, hey, here's a, here are the truths, here are the lies. And, and again, some of those lies I mentioned a minute ago, uh, you had LeBron James, you had uh, – Uh, Kamala Harris, she had all these people getting on TV saying they had the wrong residence. Not true. Her name, her address, her car, her social, everything was on the warrant. Um, They said uh, that we uh, didn't knock and announce. Not true. Knocked and announced for over a minute. We had a witness that came out and argued with us while we were announcing that we had to make go back in their house. Um, Even Kenneth Walker said we knocked. And then later on, he kind of slipped that we announced by saying, well, we heard them at the door. So we started yelling, who is it? You know, who is it? And they wouldn't answer back is what he said. But then later on, um, and this is this is something, I think I put it in the book, I can't remember now all that's in the book, but uh, a friend of Kenneth Walker's, who's a police officer that grew up with him, said, uh, who was also a courtesy officer at those apartment complex, in other words, he worked for the apartment, lived at the apartment that Brianna Taylor did, um, went to middle school and high school with Kenneth Walker, talked about, he sees him all the time, they talk, he knows his mother, and when he was in his apartment and heard the gunshots, he turned his radio on, and he heard an officer was shot he threw his uniform on and came down well by that time the scene was secured and kenneth walker's mother had showed up because kenneth called her first everybody hears the 911 call and go oh my goodness that sounds horrible and it does sound horrible but they don't understand that 911 call didn't take place until 6 minutes after the shooting took place you know the news spins it like he heard him at the door he didn't know who it was so he called 911 wasn't the case didn't call 911 had a minute Should have called 911 during that minute. Maybe we could have worked this thing out and he would have realized we were the police at the door, but didn't. Brings Brianna into the hall and then, after the incident, calls his mother first. And then, six minutes later, calls 911 and then calls Brianna's mother. So, anyway, Kenneth Walker's mom comes to the scene like any mom would when he calls and says, Hey, something's going on. So, when she sees this officer that she knows that Kenneth knows, she walks up to him and says, hey, I don't know what's going on. Kenneth called me and said, they're at the door. She said, I said, who's at the door, baby? And he said, it's the police. I got to go and hung up. Now, we don't know when that call took place. Did it take place before or after the shooting or before or after the door knock? We don't know. But he knew we were the police at the door. And, And the reason that's relevant is because that same officer gave his sworn statement right after the event. Well, months later, He's now marching with protesters and posting stuff on his Instagram saying, we'll never let these dirty cops do this to our people again and all this stuff. And I'm sitting back going, wait a minute, before you knew the narrative, they were t- they were saying, you told the truth under oath that he knew we were the police at the door. But later he switches his story and goes, and I had no idea who it was, didn't know who it was. And initially when he came out, he said, Brianna's the one that shot, not him. So this guy keeps changing his story, keeps lying. And, and I just wanted that to get out because when you see him on these shows, they're coddling him. Uh, they're saying all these things. And even on those the Good Morning America and, and and the other ABC one that he was on, he just kept lying. One, he said he, he held her in his arms and took her to the ground after she was shot, but he had no blood on him. There were holes in the wall right where he would have been standing if he did that. And so tragic event, horrible event. I uh, wish it hadn't happened because every police officer's worst nightmare is shooting someone who doesn't deserve it. And she didn't deserve to get shot. Uh, So we'll put that out there. Um, She was a victim in this also. It's just a tragic event though. It wasn't a criminal act uh, that people want to make it out to be. And that's what I try to get across in the book. And the more that we come at good cops, the more we demonize the good police officers and and push these criminals to the top, you get guys that are good cops that are going screw this. I'm done with this department. I'm done with this, this profession. You know, I can go do something else and make more money and not get hated all the time. Um, So I'm looking down the road five years, 10 years from now, we're already way behind in police officers. So now we're taking, are you breathing or do you have a heartbeat? Come on in. You're a cop. Now that's a danger, man. Yeah. I don't want those guys being my police in five or 10 years. Cause now we're going to have new Orleans and in Detroit in the eighties, where you're going to have a bunch of corrupt cops. So it's just my kind of warning to the public saying, Hey, you know, sit on these things, wait for the story to come out. And once you find out the truth, then support. Now, if the cops wrong, go to prison. You know, it's, it's the way it is. Um, So we're not out here protecting this quote, thin blue line, but we're covering up for people. That's not the way it works. People are so confused about all that, but that's, that's not it.
0: Well, yeah. And it just, you know, and I was telling you about, you know, some of my family members and and their perspective is, is they, they didn't want me to do this. They they didn't want me to talk to you. Didn't want me to give you airtime. Didn't want to, you know, don't, don't buy his book because they bought the other line. They bought the other story and sorry about my canine interruption there.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh and i got a couple running around so he,
0: he knows the ups mail truck and the garbage truck he can hear their brakes and he freaks out and he always does it during one of my shows so
1: it's uh Murphy's when he, he get replaced <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have anything to do with it
0: but it, yeah and I, I try to teach them and just anyone because i do i was on i was just Every, I consumed nothing but conservative media and and just the, the media trough over 20 years. And I think I mentioned this to you earlier in an email. That's all I consumed. And I was frustrated and mad all the time. And anything that was remotely from a liberal side, I hated it. But I didn't know why. It's because I was just taught to hate it. And that's the – because I was buying – I was only only chewing off one side of the – Right. You know, and that's – you can tell what someone's consuming by – what by just talking to them because they'll yeah. say the same things, the same talking points, the same, you know, it's, it's like, wow,
1: you know. And, and, and my theory is that probably 80% of Americans get along, want the same thing, have the same goals, you know, government, leave me alone, give me the opportunity. Like everybody else has to support my family. You know, I want safety. That's about it. Other than that, I don't care what political party you are. I don't care what color you are, what, what your sexual orientation is. I could care less about all that stuff. Just are you a good person? Can we, you know, let's have a common go and go for it. But then we've got this 10% on each side that are pushing these crazy, crazy narratives that just cause so much division with everybody else. Because at some point it's like tribalism or anything else. You're like, well, I got to pick a side. You know, that one's worse than this one, even though I don't like this one. So it's the lesser of two evils. I got to pick something. And that's kind of what we're stuck at, I feel like in this country.
0: And I believe that you don't have to. In fact, I'm, I'm working on a book either a book or really long article something i've been talking wanting to do for years about just being on the fence you don't have to pick bloody side you can because the left isn't evil and the right isn't evil and that's where we've gotten because that's sexy that sells if we're all getting along the media what are they going to do that's (laughs) not going to sell they'll discrumble if oh yeah we're getting along nobody's fighting but it's we other we're othering and i've been preaching this for years we other people y'all you're you're from that you're 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 one of them or the dems or the libs or the or the the right-wing blowhards or the trumpers whatever fill in the blank that's where we're at and it just feeds in you know of course you know like you said perfect storm when with your situation um it's awful and i you know i i i'm trying i hope it's getting better but i don't think it is
1: no, I mean, you see little glimpses and then you see just total setbacks and you wonder if some of those setbacks are planned or not, you don't know. Um, but like you said, chaos is what sells. Chaos is what keeps them in business and they pull a lot of the strings. So, you know, it's it's hard to say, like like in our instance, I always wondered why in the world, you know, we've got a city of about a million people and when you had the truth, when the when the mayor had the truth at his fingertips from the beginning, when our police chief had it from the beginning, all the facts that it was the right place, that she wasn't in bed asleep, that he wasn't in custody, that uh, Jamarcus Glover, all his stuff tied back there. One of the big things they say is, well, there was no dope or, or money found. Well, because we didn't search. That's why. Because once, once, we, once this event took place, our public integrity unit came in, which investigated shootings and, and uh, criminal uh, elements in, in the police department in the city. They come in and they take over the scene. Well, when they do that, they write their own warrant to collect ballistics, to collect evidence of the shooting That's the scope of their warrant. So they came in, they wrote their own warrant, they came in and collected blood, bullets, uh, you know, took their pictures, did whatever they needed to do, collect the handgun that was in plain view under a bed and left. Well, when they did, somebody from the narcotics came in and said, hey, let's go finish this warrant. We started it. We're in this mess because of it. Let's at least go do what we came here to do. And they were told by uh, the people downtown, not going to happen. You're done with it. So nothing was searched, shoeboxes, attics, all that stuff wasn't looked. We don't know what was there. Don't know what they got. We, we know by the jail phone calls, she was holding their money. Um, that was stated several times on there. Uh, even Kenneth Walker said he had a thousand bucks sitting uh, on the dresser that they didn't collect for whatever reason, which is fine, whatever. That That's not their job. The job, the failure came from up top. And a lot of a lot of the things in this case, um, because there was a lot of mistakes done before, during, after little mistakes. But when you add them all together, it compounds and it's huge and it looks really bad. And uh, but a lot of those came from the top, unfortunately. And the ones up top aren't going to take accountability. You know that they just point down and and most of them retired by now. But it's something you can't control. Do you think it's fear
0: on their part? I mean, let's say they they took all the actual truth of the situation and put it out there. What, 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 what is it? Is it,
1: are they afraid? You know, I don't know, because when I reached out to our city council president weeks before the George Floyd thing, you could feel the tension building up in Louisville because of the Ahmaud Aubrey and Ben Crump had gotten on that case. And he was pushing, uh, Brianna Taylor, say her name, run for Bree, all this stuff. And, when that was happening, you could feel the tension building. More and more people started coming out. So I reached out to our administration downtown. I was like, "Can you please just release some of this information? Because this is a powder keg getting ready to go off. We're gonna you're gonna burn our city down if you don't." And their answer was, "No, I can't do. We won't do that because it sets precedent for future cases." And I'm like, "Well, number can't, one, what does that mean? Like, like uh, they, they, they change you a certain way all the time? Yeah, they're saying, so, saying, well, we don't release.'" We don't talk about cases that are active as they go on. And I said, "Well, that's a lie." Number one, had we had body cams, and I wish we did, you release those within twenty four hours. What's the difference in releasing a releasing a vid- video version of what happened, and you getting up there and telling us what happened, showing us documented evidence of what happened? There's not much difference.
0: And so, if they did it, th- their fear, their quote unquote, their, that statement setting precedent. If they did it once, then they would have to do it for every other situation. Down
1: the road? Is that what they were? Yeah, uh, but that's not the case because they, it constantly changes. Okay. You know, so the parameters, just, the goalposts, they, they move all the time. So it's just a And, and, and you use. say, why did they do it for fear? I'm not sure. Um, I think originally, I don't think there was any malice originally. COVID hit on March 13th, which is the day this shooting took place. Well, it didn't hit. That's when everything shut down. Yeah. That's so when the president came out, shut things down. The governor shut things down in our state. And I think they thought, as I did, we might get, we might this may not be a big issue, you know, because you got a white cop shooting an unblack, mm-hmm. unknown black female. Anyway, so so saying. your question was so the question was, did they do it out of fear? And I don't think so. I think I think with COVID just hitting, I think they thought, man, this is an opportunity to to kind of be like an ostrich, stick our head in the sand, ignore it. Hopefully it just kind of goes away. And it was. You didn't hear much about it for for about a month, month and a half, until the Ahmad Aubrey thing. So again, that it may have gone on and you made you and I would never have met and and everything would have been you know copacetic but then that happened and I think they were caught off guard because the mayor had already gotten on stage brought her on stage the family on stage their attorneys saying we're going to get justice for Bree no matter what it takes if I could fire these officers today I would but they're protected under uh, the Kentucky constitution and and all this stuff so he had already established where he stood because he's 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 such a pander to the West End, which is our urban community. He's such a pander to that community that he gets on and blasts the police all the time about stuff. And you're scratching your head going, number one, it didn't happen like that. Number two, the police aren't the source of this. It was the bad guy shooting at the police first or whatever the scenario may be. It seems he always t- he always took the side of, uh, of the criminal. And so I, I think originally it was, it was COVID here. We don't have anything to worry about. This will go away. But then once it got exposed, I think uh, they were caught off guard and they stuck to their guns and refused to to change course. It's disturbing because it's so prevalent.
0: It's nothing new, really. You know, biblical times is we act like it's new, but it's not. You know, men's hearts and cowards and weak, weak men have any of these. Quote, unquote, for lack of a better term, leaders ever come back to you and say, hey, we were wrong there. Or we're sorry. What, what
1: happened? Or you're just been on your own left in the wind from day one up to the wind. So I talked to naturally they all come to the hospital. When you first get shot the first day, the second day, the chief came by, and I talked to him honestly for about two hours by herself. And I told him the entire story. So from day two, he knew all the events of that night, everything leading up to it, uh, exactly where we were. So he couldn't claim ignorance, at least from, from, the account he got from me. Now he he could have felt free to look into it further and get his own, you know, evidence to back up those claims. Uh, he chose not to. And when um, I'm off course now, what, what was the original question? I'm going just, back just
0: to have any of these people that that. Oh no no no. So after right okay.
1: after that time, after that time of talking to him the second day, I never talked to him or anyone except one person from the chief's office after that. And I talked to that person, in the chief's office, one time. And so from March until today, a little over three years, three years and one month later, I've, I haven't talked to them since day two at the hospital. That's just,
0: there's just, that's just wrong on so many levels.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it was, it was very weird how, um, the instant separation took place. And like within a month, our, our city council person that was over public safety, Got on a live Zoom with Ben Crump and all the other because COVID, you know, they weren't meeting in person, so it was yeah. a Zoom. And I've got that video, and it, and and she gets on there and says, "I don't think Kenneth Walker's a criminal. I think he's a hero for doing what he did that night." Now, Kenneth Walker's the guy that shot me. Yeah. So she called him a hero, said he shouldn't be in jail, and demanded that that he get out. A couple of days later, charges were dismissed and he was dropped. Now that was the original one without prejudice, and I was assured by the district attorney. And I've talked to a district attorney one time since then, since this whole thing. That's it. So, and I was assured, oh, they're going to come back. We're going to, we're going to find more evidence and and we're going to, we're going to, you know, take it to trial. We're going to get him. Okay, cool. I'll trust you to do your job. Never happened. So I was listening to, and this is crazy. I was listening to Steve Romans, who is the attorney, the civil attorney for Kenneth Walker, who shot me. And by the way, they just paid Kenneth Walker about two months ago, $2 million yeah,
0: uh,
1: for yeah. his, his role in it. And so he got on a podcast uh, with a professor at University of Louisville and accidentally told the quiet part out loud. He said, we included the district or the Commonwealth attorney's name in the lawsuit and told him we would take his name off the lawsuit if he would permanently dismiss the charges on Kenneth Walker. He said he's still got a day or two to do it. And so he dismissed the charges and they took him off the lawsuit. And I'm thinking... That sounds a little bit like coercion or uh bribery, or I'm not sure what the proper term would be for that. A lot of it, but yeah. But saying, you know, you're getting sued, but we'll take it off. If you do us a favor, he did the favor and they took it off.
0: What does that uh, do to your faith in the whole? I mean, I think I know the uh, answer, but just faith in the
1: system. Uh, my faith in my faith in the system wasn't great anyway. You know, when you're on the inner workings of it and you see, We've seen this letting criminals out and and we've said for years, if you're a good, honest, hardworking person and you screw up one time and do something, you're going to get hammered by the courts. If you're a career criminal and go, 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 you know the system. You're not doing anything. That guy that does one accidental stupid mistake when he was drunk or whatever, but is a good guy is going to get more time than the career criminal selling dope and having guns. It's just the way it is. It's not right. But these defense attorneys are in such bed with these judges that, that you know, they'll make a deal and two hours later they're on the golf course playing golf together. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've seen the ugly side of it for years and hated court for that reason. Um, but I was never a recipient of the the love so much. So yeah, even worse now. Feeling it now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I like how's all, like all your family, everybody on the mend and safety? Are you guys in danger still?
1: Or is uh, that well, pattern? that we don't know. I mean, yes. I hope not. Um, you know, I still get threats and stupid stuff online all the time, uh, which is expected with the territory. Um, I hate this term, but it's kind of our new normal with, you know, we had to move away from family and we're a couple hours away from everybody, which which is horrible. And I hate And that. That's the part, you know, I don't have much bitterness or animosity, but when I have to travel back and forth or set aside a day or two, just to go see my grandkids or something that, that makes me mad when, when, it shouldn't have been that way. It didn't have to be that way. And, uh, so I felt like that stuff's been taken from me, but other than that, we've, we've all adjusted to what it is now. And, and you gotta be resilient and move on. I mean, if you dwell in it, you'll just be miserable.
0: Yeah. What about, uh, Brianna Taylor's family, any, any contact there? Or I assume nothing,
1: no, nothing.
0: Have, like, have you tried reaching out to them or they, you're no, I haven't, um, you to, know, maybe or... I
1: should. No, I mean, I, I'm not against it. Yeah. Um, because again, I, I, I say this everywhere I go on podcasts and when I speak that I honestly think she was a victim of not the system. She was a victim of the culture. She, you know, dad's in prison her whole life. Mom didn't raise her. Uh, grandma did when grandma died. Then her and mom started building a relationship again. But, but during that, you've got these young impressionable girls who these drug dealers take advantage of I've seen it my whole career. You know, they'll have three or four baby mamas and girlfriends and all this stuff because They promise them all the world. And these girls come from families with no dads and and they want that love. They want that attention and they give it to them and they shower them with stuff and they promise them all these things. And then, and ultimately they're just using them. And, and I think that's what happened here. And, you know, I'm not saying she was a bad person. I'm not going to, you know, defame her character because I don't know enough about it, but um, I I really think she was a victim in all this.
0: Oh, It totally makes sense. It's, It's, it's extremely sad. For someone that you know, if if they if they're listening to this and and they want to, you know, what's a like they've heard nothing else you've said. Like, what's a a good takeaway from not only your situation but other situations that are gonna come and every and I and I tell people if something comes on the news, just give just chill because there's gonna yeah. you don't I mean there's everything is taken out of context. Context is so critical and it's right. there's usually none but we run with a headline sexy and, and we get to be the first to tell somebody about
1: it. But, you know, what do you say to people? I think the big thing is yeah, we are human. I mean, we are, we breathe the same air you do. We eat the same foods. You know, we got the same habits, we got the same issues and, and people have so many expectations of police, I guess, in that in one sense, they want you to be RoboCop, but in the next sense, they want you to have a heart be compassionate, Then the next sense, they don't want you to ever make a mistake, but then they want you to have a human side. But those things don't go together because humans make mistakes. Things happen. People have bad days. And that's not excusing anything negative or unlawful that, that a cop would do. But in these situations that for the most part, when you look back, Michael Brown, mine, several cases, you can look back on that these cops were so just villainized. And later on, you find out, oops, my bad. They didn't do anything wrong. You know, it was the, the, the bad guy the whole time. What people don't understand is, is I'm okay. You know, I've dealt with, I've dealt with this for 21 years. I'm a little callous to it. Um, There's not much that you can say to me that's going to hurt my feelings, but when you're death threatening children and wives and parents and sisters that had nothing to do with this, when people are having to move in your family because of this, when when my eight-year-old now still has nightmares thinking people are coming in the house to kill him because of all the stuff he's seen and heard, even though we've done our best to protect him, this affects all these people. So people that have no idea and they're and they're repeating all this stuff on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, that these quote celebrities and and stars and all this say that they don't know what they're talking about. And you chime in on it and you you get right along with it and post your crap. You're, you're hurting these people. You're hurting innocent people. You know, you're know you doing it under the guise of protecting an innocent person that you think is innocent. But in the meantime, you're trampling all over all these other innocent people's lives that had nothing to do with it as well. Because we can't see the results of our, quote-unquote, our keyboard
0: efforts. Right. And that's the other thing. And, and if, like, like you even told me, you know, if if if, if you were in a room with my those family members, they they would think differently and they would. I know they would. And if we see the human side of everybody, like you said, we wouldn't do these, these horrible things we do. Right. And it's, it's that's, that's what I'm trying to stop in everything that I'm trying to do. It's like, just talk to somebody, talk to them, yeah. learn their story, learn the why, find out why get the perspective, at least get the perspective mm-hmm. at the very least. Have a balanced view on what, what as much as you can, because it's hard to trust any source anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause life is about balance. I mean, it's, I love that word. I think everything, no matter if it's working out, eating your job, your family life, everything has to have a balance because if it gets off balance, then nothing's right. And uh, when we allow other people to dictate what we think and what we feel, which is what social media does, then you're losing because you're off balance because you like, like you talked about earlier with, if all I listen to is right wing stuff and dig into that, dig into that, I'm off balance. I'm not hearing both sides and, and able to to yeah. critically think for myself going, all right, where's the truth. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. Where is it? Cause it's usually somewhere in the middle. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think that's balance is huge. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of, you know,
0: the, there's, there's a little bit of the devil on both sides, you know, yeah. for, for, for lack of a better term, but yeah, I, I think that's all hand pecking I wanted to do on you, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you uh, you spending time and and sharing a little bit more about the story. Oh, what I wanted to tell people, and I, I sent you an email earlier today, but I'm gonna buy a couple of your books and send them to you and have you sign them, and then I'll uh, I'm gonna give some away. Okay, so cool. We'll do
1: that. I um, mean, if you want, I can just why don't, we'll talk afterwards. I'll just I'll send you some signs so you're not paying postage here and back and all that. Yeah, okay. well, I'll, I'll uh, be a lot easier. We, we can do that. So, yeah.
0: All right, boss. Well, um, thank you again. Appreciate it. It's good to get your perspective and and from the horse's mouth. You look you look better. of those the family
1: members ever want to talk? have them. I mean, get us on this Zoom and we can talk. You know, we'll, I wouldn't we'll hurt my feelings. I w-
0: that's that's one of the things I want to do is I want to bring on. I almost want to have a little talk show where, like a panel. Where, yeah, where someone like way on this side, way on this side, and we talk to you and realize that hey, we're we're probably more alike than we are. Yeah. hundred um, percent. We are. We need to, yeah, we're so impatient. We don't do that. any. That, uh, anyway, I'm fumbling over my words right now. It's not something I normally do but anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but thanks,
1: man. Yeah, Brian. Appreciate you having me, buddy.
0: Thank you again for listening to the parish, the thought show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Paris to Thought Show.